great. Welcome to the second episode of the Product Mavridi Show with Pasos Kirkle. Uh, a lot has happened since the first episode. Um, lots to talk about in the hockey world right now. It's pretty crazy. So, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Uh, how many games were yesterday? Like 12? I think crazy so. like that. Let's get a good look on it. Uh, what was your favorite game? Yeah. Start off right off the hop. I know which one it was. Yeah, I mean, you already know, but it's the uh, inner childhood in me watching Sidney Crosby score a hat trick against Columbus like he used to do, uh, owning Columbus per usual. So that was pretty fun to watch. Um, actually outscoring Conor McDavid this year, which is, you know, pretty crazy. I mean, everyone's been saying McDavid passed Crosby since, like, his rookie year, but Crosby's not giving up yet. So what was yours? What were you watching yesterday? I was watching the Penguins a little bit. I tuned into the Sabres-Bruins game for a little while. It was Kyle Pozo's 1,000th game. I think they got caught up a little bit in all of that. Um, we can get into some Sabres talk later. Did you want to like spit out some Sidney Crosby facts? You know, I know he is uh, 19 points in 14 games, right? So 58 goal, 111 point pace you had. Yeah, I posted that yesterday. I mean, this guy has never had a season under point per game in his career, which is pretty crazy because he's 36 years old. Uh, and it's not happening this year, most likely, with the way that he's playing. So, I mean, I mean, I mean before the season, I had Crosby uh, being a hard candidate. So, I mean, I don't know if he's up there yet. He's playing like it. And if Pittsburgh gets into the playoff race, it's going to be because of him. So. They've won five in a row. Yeah, they have. I mean, like, I know Tristan Jari's been good, too. He's got, he leads the league in shutouts, but, like, he's so inconsistent. The only player who I've seen consistently every single game be good with Sidney Crosby, I think he's on a long point streak, too. I don't know the exact amount of games that he's on for a point streak, but he's been stellar. So, I mean, like I said, it's healing the inner childhood in me. I was a Penguin fan growing up, so to watch him, you know, continue dominating the league has been really fun. I know he ripped one through the net yesterday, but what do you think about the Eric Carlson fit in Pittsburgh so far? The fit? The fit with Eric Carlson. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he's been really good. I mean, he's over point per game. And he's, I, in my Norris power rankings, I had him second in the league. So I think he's been good analytically. He's been good defensively, too, which is you know not a usual thing for Eric Carlson. He's usually your offensive guy. So he's been good. I've liked the fit. It's been interesting to see Latang kind of like assimilate to like a second option defender now when he's been top defensive option his entire career. So that's pretty interesting to watch. But I mean, Pittsburgh's rolling right now. They started off really, really bad. And I was like, oh, man, this is getting pretty embarrassing. But I mean, now they're rolling. They're 8-6-0, eight, eight, right? Yeah, eight, six second wild card spot. They're in a playoff. Yeah, they're in a playoff spot as of right now. And I mean, honestly, like out of the top Team in the East, like I know Detroit is ahead of him right now. I'd have Pittsburgh over Detroit. I mean, I'd have Pittsburgh over Washington right now too. So Pittsburgh has been really good, and it's mainly because of Crosby and Carlson, those two guys. And Mock has also been really good. So um, if Jari can just get consistent and not, you know, be a top ten goalie one night and a bottom ten the other night, like Pittsburgh's gonna be really dangerous in my opinion. I don't think Tristan Jari can sustain that level of play. I really don't. I think um, he's good and he can put up shutouts and sometimes you watch him and he just saves the night for the Penguins. And, but other times he's the reason they lose the game. 
So I, I don't know. It, we'll see how they hold up. I know the backup goaltending too. Nedeljkovic has not really been the picture of consistency for them either. Well, he's been hurt right now. It's been actually Magnus Halberd, which is like honestly arguably worse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least the has like that history of being a good NHL, but well, even though right now he's kind of falling off, but Halberd is like a complete unknown. You don't want to, if Jari goes down, you don't want Halberd taking the nap this history, right? I feel like Halberd had a few good games last year for the Red Wings, right? Wasn't that a thing for a little bit? He's been bouncing around all over the league since he came back from Europe. So, I mean, I, I honestly have no clue how he's how he's done honestly that's fair you mind if we uh switch over to the team just above the penguins in the wild card standings right now the good old boys toronto. from the toronto from the six toronto maple Leafs. um i mean i think any conversation with the leafs right now starts off with the defense um you have guys like will Lagason and simone benoit patrolling the blue line and I, I won't lie I watched 60 games of Will Lagason on the Chicago Wolves blue line last year and then now see him on the blue line of the Leafs they also had another Chicago Wolf up there um, Max Lejoie but they only played him like four minutes in one of the games and then they sent him back down to the Marlies and I think the defense is just an enormous question mark with this team John Klingberg really hasn't worked out um, in their first practice over in Sweden this week they He's on the outside looking in of the lineup. I don't know if that's... I know Sheldon Keefe has been... He's injured. He's battling something. But I know he also played against Vancouver on Saturday, too. Um, after they scratched him Friday against the Flames. Um, the fit's just awkward. And I've heard a lot of people saying that they're trying to offload him. And I just don't... Like, are you really going to add a sweetener to remove John Klingberg from the lineup... And if so, what are you what are you getting back? And where's the opportunity? Because they gave him a four, four and a half million dollar cap hit for this one year. And, you know, if you, if they had waited a little bit into the summer, someone like Matt Dumbo would have been available, who I think would have been a much better fit on the Leafs blue line, more akin to what they needed, throwing the big hits, right? But the, the defense is just so bad. And then you, the, you hear these Calgary talks, right? And it's... Tanev and it's Zadorov and um, one of the flame apparently or one of the Leafs players on Friday said to Zadorov, "Oh, you're exactly what we need." Do you really think that? Like, I, I personally don't. I personally think Zadorov. All this, you know, the more you talk about someone, the more they gain steam, right? And so, I think with Zadorov, it's just like people have been talking about him a lot, and um, that is sort of translating into a rise in his popularity, but do you actually think he's a fit on the Leafs blue line? Uh, I actually am a fan of Zadora, but I agree with you to the point where he's been getting talked about so much where it's like, he's going to be kind of overrated and overvalued in the trade market. Now, I mean, we've got like Vancouver's interested too, New Jersey's interested. I think I saw Winnipeg is interested too. So like, he's probably going to be that guy that every year there's that one guy that's value just kind of skyrockets out of nowhere. I think that's Zadora. Honestly, I think he's a better fit for Toronto um, would be Chris Tanev. You mentioned him too. Like if Chris Tanev can stay healthy, he's one of the best defensive specialists in the entire NHL, in my opinion. Like that's a guy that you want if you're trying to win big playoff games. Like it's Chris Tanev. Yeah, so, I, mean, I would. I would even take Chris um, Tanev or Noah Hannafin from the Flames blue line. Like if you're if you're Toronto and you're really trying to get one of these guys that Calgary's trying to pedal away, I, I would. 
Zadorov is definitely third out of those three guys for my for my liking. If that's what you're going to go out and get. The thing with Hannafin though is like if you trade for Hannafin, you need to like make sure he's staying with. You. Like that's not a guy you can really bring in as a rental because his value is going to be so high because there's going to be other teams that want to trade and accept him. Then so, resign like, him. Resign him. Can Toronto do that? I mean, they got Nylander coming up, and he's arguably been your best player this season. Can we do a little Nylander talk? Can we do a little Nylander talk? Because in my opinion... Um, Before we do that, I do want to apologize to the listeners that uh, we are out of our studio today because Tassos forgot to pay the electric bill. And in that fashion, we are sitting right by windows where a lot of construction is happening. So I'm doing my best over here to try to make sure that none of that is being picked up. But you will probably hear it throughout the rest of the podcast. And I'm sorry about that. That's okay. It'll take Panos only 10 minutes on Instagram for him to throw me under the bus for the for the audio quality. So <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'm used to taking the chirps. It's okay. But William Nylander, in my opinion, you, you got to sign him now. Like, you got to sign him now. And if the number's eight years, $10 million, if it's 10 and a half, honestly, if it's even $11 million right now a year, I would sign it. Like, he, the way he's playing right now, the way he cares about being a Toronto Maple Leaf like you have to if you're playing on that team you genuinely have to care about it and I know for a fact that William Nylander would not care as much about being a part of any other franchise unless it was arguably the New York Rangers or the Chicago Blackhawks right so if he wants more than that you know maybe the Leafs aren't willing to go to 11 with Nylander maybe he's not even asking for 11 um but, like, he's not going to Columbus. He's not going to Calgary where they could throw that even more money at him. But I think they got to do something with him because every single day the number just goes up even more, right? Yeah, they have to do something. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, before the season I was saying that Toronto should trade Willie Nylander. I honestly thought that he wasn't the guy that was going to do it for them. I like in the playoffs last season, I really didn't like his play. I thought he made a couple of plays where it was like, he wasn't even into the game. Uh, and he's completely proven me wrong. He's been arguably the best player on Toronto. I think Austin Matthews is the most dynamic player on Toronto, but honestly, William Nylander might be the best player on Toronto. This, like today. So, I mean, he's been good. Toronto's going to have to pay him if they want to keep him. But I do think, like you said, they have the advantage because he wants to be a Toronto Maple Leaf so bad. Like he does. So, I think, like, honestly, a $10 million per year deal at, like, eight years could get the deal done. That's 80, 80 mil. 80 mil, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. My math isn't great. There's a reason I didn't go to uni, right? <laughs> My math isn't great. But that's an $80 million deal. And with all the advertisements over those eight years, that could easily become $100 million, right? So it's, it's worth it for him, at least in my opinion. For William Young, who's in Toronto, he could be a star. He could be that guy. And right now, he's... He's cooking. He gets to play with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and more than Riley in the, in the face of in the face of hockey in Toronto. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of outside fans and, you know, Boomer fans that won't want William Nylander to be around for that much, uh, that long and that much money. But, I mean, I feel like if you're Toronto, you have to sign him. Because who are you going to replace, right? Who are you going to replace him with? No one. There's not really any guys you can – yeah, there's not really any guys you can bring in through free agency or even trade that would – get you a William Nylander type of player. So for Toronto, it's like kind of just have to give him the money you want. I don't. I wouldn't go $11 million, like you said. I really wouldn't. But I think $10 million for eight years is a fair deal in my opinion. Is he more... I, I'm just like... I, the reason I put out $11 million, and we can move on from the Leafs in a second, but he's outplaying Marner right now. And Marner has always been the kind of 
Yeah, so Austin is sort of the the spirit behind this team, but Mitch Marner has always been kind of the engine a little bit too. You know, sometimes Austin doesn't really get going without Mitch and vice versa. Um, but I just say, like, William today could probably go in there and ask for 11 the way he's playing. And you look at Marner, Marner makes 11-6, and he's due for an extension next summer, right? So I could see it. I could see it. I don't know that the Leafs would give him $11 million, but... The reason I say that is just because, like, this is Mar- honestly, this is probably some of the worst that Marner's played in a long time. Meanwhile, this is the best that Neilander has played probably ever in his career, right? Like, Marner's on the down right now. He's like, I don't think he's even a top three player on Toronto this season. You know, I think he's going to Neilander, Matthews, and like Morgan Riley. Maybe even Tavares. Tavares is playing all right, too. Yeah, even Tavares. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, when, when in general, Mitch Marner's usually the second best player on Toronto, right? After Austin Matthews. That's usually how it goes. I just think, like, this is, I don't want to say this is Newlander's ceiling, but like it kind of is what he's playing like right now. You're, if you're paying him, you're begging on him to stay like what he's doing right now. You're not expecting him to become better than he is. Meanwhile, with Marner, the expectation is that he's going to be better than how he's been right now. Right? Like he's been, in half the games I've watched with Toronto, Mitch Marner's been kind of invisible. Like really, yeah, he's got all Matthews and, and uh, Newlander. So that's why I think like I don't I wouldn't give Nylander eleven, but I also don't think he'd command eleven from Toronto. If he hit the open market, he'd command eleven and he would get it. But from Toronto, since he has that extra year too, he maybe can offer him the eight year deal, and also he gets the brand deals in Toronto. Like it, it just makes sense for him to kind of give him a little more leniency on the AAV. Heard. I mean, I guess we'll see where that goes. The last point on the Leafs, and we can use this to kind of transition to maybe the team south of the border in western New York in the Swords, but uh, the report that Patrick Kane was uh, training out in the suburbs of Toronto and he reportedly met with the Leafs staff yesterday. Um, what, do you, what do you think about all that? I know we talked about the Leafs needing defense and then you go out and get a off-hip surgery Patrick Kane and you have virtually no cap space and... What do, you, what do you think about this Patrick Kane report? What do you think about him going to the Leafs or going to another team? Well, like, as a hockey fan, I love it because, it, um, you know, we can play next to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Neal. That's fun to watch. It's fun hockey. It's fun hockey. But as a... And if I'm talking about the Leafs standpoint, I don't love it at all because, like we said, they need defense. And going out and acquiring an old player coming off of major hip surgery, um, that is argued that he's arguably been one of the worst defensive forwards in the league for the last few years. I mean, like, I don't see the fit, really. And I, I think that's with a lot of teams, too. Like, people have linked Edmonton to Patrick King before. I don't think that would – it would be fun to watch again, but it wouldn't be something that, like, they need him. So, in my opinion, Patrick King, I don't think he really fits anywhere. Right now, I really don't. Hmm. I think it's just, you know, he's going to have to land somewhere, and I could see it being Toronto, but I just I don't think he fits anywhere really. And it's not to say because he's like everyone's childhood, but like, he just, I don't know. He's coming off a major hip surgery, like we said. The same thing that happened to Nicholas Backstrom and also happened to Ryan Kessler. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't like it for Toronto, but. At the end of the day, it would probably be a contract that's near league minimum, so it doesn't hurt them really either. Do you think there's a better odds or the same odds of him going to Buffalo? Like, what where, where are your tiers as far as likelihood of Patrick Kane landing spots? 
Well, I mean, every day that passes by, I think it's less likely he goes to Buffalo just because they've been awful. Like they've, they've been, been terrible. Really yeah, and if he's trying to like, he realizes I'm probably running up. I don't think he's gonna want to go to Buffalo. Like they're playing the way they have. So I think Toronto honestly is at the top. I would have put the Rangers at the top too, but they're out of it now. That's uh, what I heard. Yeah. Report, so. Yeah. So I mean, I think that. Uh, probably would be between Toronto and Florida, honestly. Those are the two that I think are the most likely. And it's like, you know, they both have American star franchise guys, too. You know, Toronto has Matthews and Florida has Kachuk. So that's another interesting piece, too, because Kane is an American. He probably transfers both of those guys. Um, what about, like, Tampa so Bay? I think those are the top two. Tampa Bay, I've always thought that Tampa Bay is, like, a really good fit for Kane. Like, at league minimum, I thought it would be a really interesting fit. And I think Tampa would, should go for it especially with the way that their depth scoring has kind of been iffy this season. Um, but with Tampa, honestly, again, kind of like Toronto, it's another thing where it's like they got to kind of focus on their defense. Like their defense has been atrocious this season. It's been really bad and it's been costing them multiple games. But I mean, as a hockey fan, again, I'd love to see Kane on a power play with Kucherov and Stamkos and Breakpoint and all those guys. Victor had like, that'd be so fun to watch. Last point I want to make on the Sabres, too. I know you mentioned Tampa's defense not being really good. If we're really, you know, considering things for what they are, Jonas Johansson just is a well below average league starter right now. Um, not trying to paint the guy in a corner here, but he just has not been great at stopping the puck. And I watch um, Buffalo Sabres games, and I think personally with Patrick Kane, uh, yeah, the Leafs would be fun, right? Um, but... He's from Buffalo, and Buffalo should have been a team on the rise this season. There was a lot of Buffalo, you know, having a shot at the playoffs. Um, if we're talking about defensively poor teams, I just want to point this out there that I did take in the Bruins-Sabres game last night, and it was 5 nothing before, like, the end of the second period. And, you know, you got Matias Samuelson with a brutal giveaway that leads to a goal. Owen Power with a brutal giveaway that leads right to a goal. Um Rasmus Dahlin with a couple miscues, and I think that defense needs to take a big step. I know there's a bit of, is Devin Levi ready for the NHL talk? And I think the kid's 100% ready for the NHL. I just think he's getting totally hung out to dry by a weak Sabres defense that's really underperforming. And I think if they were better, that that would be a better spot for Kaner, um, that he could fit in nicely. And, you know, you got Tuck there, you got Thompson uh, cousins, like all these good forwards to play with, um, might be a little awkward too. Cause he might squeeze someone out of the lineup, but I, I guess just like in the, in the vein of teams that might be disappointing a little bit too. Um, just, just the Sabres really aren't getting it done. I just don't want to say I called the Sabres being super overhyped coming into the season. Everyone was like, fucking pissed off at me in my season predictions having them miss the playoffs. And I was saying, like, they didn't really improve their defense. They had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. All they did was add Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson. Like, and, and they're and putting those guys in front of a rookie goaltender that was a seventh-round pick three years ago. And the backup is another guy who's been struggling, Uko Pekka-Lukin. And, I mean, he's doing good this season, but coming into the season, he was a struggling goaltender, a struggling young goaltender. So, for me, like, I, I never saw Buffalo as even a playoff team, and I was just getting ripped to shreds for it. And, I mean, I don't think Devin Levi is ready for the NHL right now, especially not behind this decor, but even without the decor, I mean, 
is below 890 right now coming in the season. Right now. You actually think he'd be better so off served not. playing in Rochester? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think that, like, him playing in Buffalo right now is just doing bad things to his development. He, was a, like, he wasn't a seventh-round pick in 2015 and he's been developing for some time now. He was a seventh-round pick three years ago. He's, sorry, he's been super young still. And he's playing behind a team that is, doesn't even look close to a playoff squad right now. And, like, I mean, now they just lost Tage Thompson, too. So, honestly, I don't want to see the season as a loss for Buffalo because they're still in the hunt for a wild card spot. But, I mean, it's, it's time is taken for him. And I think I don't think Patrick Kane will go there um, just because of, like, how we said they've been underperforming. But before the season, Buffalo would have been my number one for sure. Just because I was thinking he was going to sign in a Claude Giroux type of deal with Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, but now that goes a window in multiple things. Now I don't think he's going to get term, and I don't think he's going to sign in Buffalo. So... Do you want to uh, talk about the Pedersen extension talks a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, the report came out yesterday that the Canucks and Elias Pedersen are chipping away at a contract extension, which is really, really good news for Vancouver fans because two months ago it was reported that he wasn't really sold on the franchise. Winning solves everything, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, the Canucks have been one of the best teams in the West, and now he's chipping away in a contract extension, which I love, though, because I'm, I'm Canadian. All right? You guys are American, but I'm Canadian. I love seeing Canadian hockey teams do good. I always say hockey's better when every Canadian team is in the playoffs, in my opinion. Like, I just, I'm nostalgic about when I was first getting into hockey, and you had, like, Ottawa, Montreal were good. Toronto sucked back then, but, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, the Canadian teams were just fun to watch back then, and now it's like... It's been terrible this season, other than Vancouver. So I'm really excited to see Vancouver doing good. I mean, Vancouver fans kind of think I hate their team, but I actually love the Canucks. Um, Elias, and all their team has been good. So, I mean, Elias Patterson would be smart to sign a deal in Vancouver. And I honestly think he could, with this contract, I think he could be the highest paid player in the NHL just because of the fact that no way. Up quite a bit. Yeah, bro, I think so. I think so. Chappie's predicted to go up 5 mil, even up, like, it could even happen next season. Well, it's not confirmed yet, but the NHL said it's a possibility like going to five mil next season. Why can't Elias Pettersson get fourteen million dollars? Why can't he? If the cap goes up five million, if Austin Matthews just got thirteen point something. I think well, Austin Why Matthews is also a heart a heart trophy winner, Rocket Richard winner, sixty goal scorer. Elias Pettersson is the heart leading candidate right now. He's the heart leading candidate. Yeah, fair, fair. We'll see. I, I mean, we'll He's see. I don't know that um, Pedersen really deserves to be the highest paid player in the league. And the other point, too, that I will continue to make on this show over and over again is I refuse to believe anything the NHL says as far as the salary cap rising until we see it with our own eyes. You hear a lot of people and a lot of teams acting as if the cap is going to go up $5 million next year, and that's like a guarantee. I just You cannot guarantee anything with regards to the salary cap. So if you're really... Like if you're signing it right now to give him fourteen million dollars is, I I think that's out of the question. But listen, listen, Elias Pettersson is how many centers are better in the NHL than Elias Pettersson right now? You got McDavid, you got McKinnon, Drysaddle, um, you got Drysaddle, and you got Matthews, right? Yeah. I don't think is there another center that's better than him? Jack, Jack Hughes, Hughes, maybe. I think Pettersson is better. I think Pettersson is better than Jack Hughes. Right really. Now. 
Yeah, I think he is. And it's hard to get a franchise one seed. I mean, in the last place, can just easily say, you know what, okay, give me like a two-year deal or a three-year deal, and I'm just going to wait for the cap to go up, and then I'm going to get paid, right? So Vancouver's got to make a decision and be like, if they let him go, who's going to take over that one seed spot? JP Miller? Yeah. You know, like, who's going to be? Do you think, what do you think the term on the Patterson contract looks like? Do you think it's like a Matthews five-year, four-year kind of deal, or do you think they try and go max with him? I, I know they'll probably try and go max with him. Do you think he wants to go max, I guess, too? I think he's willing to go max if he gets paid the highest paid player in the league, like I just said. Yeah. Like, I think he usually goes max. But like I said, if Vancouver doesn't want to make like pay him a lot of money because we don't know if the cap's going to go up, I think he might go with a bridge and like a three-year deal. I'm just going to be like, okay, I'll wait it out. Because the cap at some point is going to go up, right? With the NHL partner and with the SPN and everything, the cap is going to go up at some point. It was already supposed to go up way more than it's gone up, and COVID stunted that, right? So I think that it's only a matter of time before the cap goes up drastically. And so I expect him to just wait it out. He's going to get paid. You know, he's not falling off anytime soon either. He's like, even three years ago, he was a really skilled player. He was just waiting to put the tools together, and now the tools are together. So he has the time to wait it out, and um, Vancouver just has to pay him, honestly. I think if Vancouver wants to be a legit contender in the West, but they have to kind of depend on blank checks. Do you want to do a quick Oilers minute? And, you know, Chris Noblock got his first win under as the Oilers bench boss. Um I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what the the Oilers are thinking here. Um Connor McDavid just seems really oh, did I lose my mic? No. Uh Connor McDavid seems really uh just not happy with what's going on there. And um I, I think he could want out eventually. I, I don't know that and if he does, like the franchise is just done over. It's done over. You got Jeff Jackson making these calls here. And um, I just, I don't really know what they're doing here. I don't really know what the expectation is for the Oilers. And if this no block Paul Coffey thing behind the bench is really going to work. Yeah. I mean, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, uh, he does seem really pissed off, Connor David. Um, it's a mess in Edmonton right now, man. It really is a mess in Edmonton. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Because honestly, I, I could see a, a scenario where like Connor McDavid wants out of Edmonton. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I still think that there's they're away from that for now. What if Drysaddle but, doesn't extend like, next summer? How long is he gonna... What if Drysaddle huh? doesn't extend next summer? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Drysaddle doesn't extend, I think Connor David is done. At like that's his right hand man. But at the same time, I could see, I could see McDavid leaving even if Drysaddle does stay. Like, how long is he gonna spend as a fan and watch them waste his career away? Like, they have they they put away five million dollars to Josh Sample, who's putting up an eight nineteen in Bakersfield right now. Terrible. He's got an eight nineteen day percentage in the AHL. Terrible. You know. It's terrible. So it's like, how long he's gonna sit there and be like, watching the management just waste his career away? It's it sucks to see because he's obviously the best player in the world, even though he's not this season. He's the best player in the world, Connor David. And just like watching him every single game, like his team is four and ten on the season. Like, it's Connor David, the best player in the league, should not be on a four and ten team 
every sports fan, like if you're a baseball fan, football fan, uh, basketball fan, everyone knows like Connor McDavid is the best athlete in the world right now. They all say it. Yeah. Even people who don't watch hockey know he's the best in the world. So it's like it, the fact that he's four and ten, his team is not in the playoffs right now. You know, it, it'd be a disaster for the NHL if Connor McDavid is not in the playoffs uh, in April. You know, that's their number one marketing guy. I think he's playing at like sixty percent so, right now too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he even said when he scored the other night against New York, he said, like, I didn't forget how to score, right? And which is true. He's obviously playing, like, insanely hurt. Um, and the team is just in fucking disarray right now. So it sucks to see. And I think, like, like I said, I don't think it's happening this season. But if this season continues to be bad for Edmonton, I could really see, like, some big changes uh, next summer. And, it's, and that could be Conor McDavid, you know, wanting out. I don't think he's going to do it because I don't think that's the guy Connor McDavid is but I could see him at the end of his contract being like I want to check elsewhere as crazy as it sounds because in the NHL you don't see guys in that caliber really move around like that like usually they're franchise guys but I could see it one thing I will say and then we can close on Edmonton but with McDavid if he leaves you know he, he is being compared to all these greats and arguably he is one of the greatest hockey players ever right but you know, you leave Edmonton without winning a Stanley Cup after all of these greats like Crosby and Gretzky, and they won with the team, Ovechkin, they won with the team that they started with. And that is a really big thing in hockey, I feel like, if you're really to be considered in, in that upper tier, right? That top five, top seven of all time player, right? Because if Connor McDavid kept producing at 130, 140 pace, excuse me, 140 point pace, he would have been one of the best players of all time, right? By the end, especially if you win a cup or two in Edmonton, it's it's an it's a slam dunk, right? Do you what do you think that does for his legacy? You know, I know we're talking about the legacy of the best player in the game right now, but it definitely will be not the same if he does leave Edmonton, and especially if he leaves them in a total dumpster fire like they are right now. Yeah, I posted it. I actually posted it um, the other day. That's where you got the stuff from, right? That like Bobby Orr won in Boston, uh, Mario Lemieux and Crosby and Malkin all won in Pittsburgh, and you know you got guys like Gretzky won in Edmonton. All the greats win where they started, and there was a lot of people commenting like, "Oh no, cups are a team thing. Like you know, it's a team thing. You know, you can't put it on a legacy of a player." But I think you absolutely can put it on a legacy of a player. I think like if like cups are a team thing, you do need a team around you. But all the greats have one Stanley Cup. Like, if Conor McDavid retires without a Stanley Cup, whether it's in Edmonton or anywhere, if he retires without a Stanley Cup, I genuinely don't think you could put him as the GOAT, even if no, he has GOAT no. statistics. Like, you can't put him as the GOAT. You have to win a championship to be a GOAT. Like, and people bring up, like, people bring up Mike Trout as the GOAT in baseball. Like, I don't watch baseball, so I really don't care. I can't lie. I don't watch baseball. And I think baseball is, like, a different sport anyways. Uh, you know, I don't count that. But in every other sport, like in the NFL, the GOAT has to have a Super Bowl. You know, at least one. Tom Brady is the GOAT probably in the NFL. He's got like seven of them. Yeah. You know, in, in basketball, LeBron is the GOAT or Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Michael Jordan had six chips. LeBron has four. You know what I mean? Like Crosby, in my opinion, right? Hot take, Crosby's the GOAT of the NHL. He's got three cups. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to put Crosby, you want to put Gretzky, he's got four. If you want to put Lemieux, he's got two. Like McDavid can't be the GOAT uh without a cup. So I think he has to win and, you know, 
even if he wins and it's not in Edmonton, it does hurt his legacy again. I, I, I said to my friends and I was talking to them about this the other day, like, that's like it is a team thing. You do need a team around you, but I mean, this team, Edmonton was projected to be a top five contender coming into this season. They weren't projected to be, you know, a shit team like they've been. They were projected to be one of the best teams in the league. He has Leon Draisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Leon Draisaitl both had a hundred plus point seasons last year. Yeah, and he's got Evan Bouchard, who's top ten in the NHL for defenseman points this season as well. Like, they, it's not like he's got nobody on his team. He's got a good team. It's just there's obviously some missing pieces, but like everyone else has found a way to do it. Even Ovechkin found a way to do it, and it, he was choking every single year. He'd never even made it past the second round, and he found a way to get it get it done and win the cup, right? Crosby had a goaltender that was choking every single year. Mark Andre Fleury, he had terrible depth on his team. He was playing with guys like fucking Dustin Jesse in his depth and Joe Vitale. No offense to those guys, but that's who he had in his depth, and he still found ways to end up winning a cup with, you know? His management made the right moves, but like, I don't know. McDavid has to win, or else, in my opinion, he can't be the GOAT. He can't without a cup. So we're getting to the point now. We talked last episode, and we all know the statistic where if you're a few a handful of points out by American Thanksgiving, the odds of you making the playoffs drop dramatically. And if you're already in a playoff spot, you're you're sitting pretty good, right? Um, the Anaheim Ducks beat the Nashville Predators three two on Tuesday night. They scored. Uh, they were down two zip and came back and won. And I know you had posted. I'm going to steal your stat here. First team in NHL history to record six plus third period comeback victories through the first 15 games of the season. Normally, when a team is on the cardiac like that um, to respond, it maybe doesn't always point to signs of future success, right? You're like, oh, we may be getting the bounces the right way. I know Radko Gudis has potted a couple goals the last few games. Do you think the Anaheim Ducks? have a shot at the playoffs, have a shot at one of those wild card spots, especially with how some of these other teams are struggling in the West. Is this something that they can maintain or is it more of a early season flash in the pan? Uh, I'm hoping that it can be maintained because everyone who likes me knows that, you know, everyone who knows me knows that I like, you know, California teams and, you know, Arizona. I like those teams. I like those teams in the small markets uh, because I want them to succeed and I think it's cool. I, I've been to a game in Anaheim fans are you know, pretty pretty diehard there. I mean, not there's not many, but the fans that are there are diehard. So, I mean, I hope for the sake of Anaheim fans that they can because, again, my nostalgia points me back to like 2016, uh, when the Ducks were actually a good team and they were a couple together. And they were fun to watch. And, you know, they've got a fun team now, obviously. Leo Carlson, Pavel Menchikov, John Gibson playing back to how he was back in his prime days. Is it sustainable? Like you said, I mean, come from behind victories are not really sustainable over an 82 game season. You know, I, like you said, six, six come from behind victories in the third period out of 15 games this season. is not sustainable in my opinion. So they do have to find a way to kind of get more consistency out of their team. Um, but that being said, I mean, I don't see why it's not possible. The West uh, is not very strong outside of the few top teams. You know, the top teams are strong. You know, Vancouver, Colorado, Vegas, those teams, Dallas are all strong. But, like, from the bottom half of the teams in the playoff spots, you got, like, St. Louis, you know, you got Arizona. They've been playing great, by the way, the Blues. Yeah, they have been. I mean, they've also been getting Vezna caliber goaltending from doing things. Who would have thought? Um, Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, I've always liked Jordan Bennington, too, but, you know, I like my uh, 
like my underdogs, so that's why I like him. To, no, I, he's a great guy, and he um, he definitely has a fiery competitiveness to him, but I don't think anybody expected the, the types of numbers he's been putting up, frankly, this year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, probably, probably it's not sustainable to this amount that they've been doing it, but I do think that they can make the playoffs. I don't see why it's not possible. No, I agree. I think you have these teams here. Um, if you look like Anaheim and St. Louis are in the two wild card spots as of right now of this recording, and then right behind them you have your Arizona Coyotes and the Seattle Kraken, who I don't really think are going to be able to put it together this year with their goaltending. And then you know you have Minnesota and and then the two Western Canadian teams, Calgary and Edmonton. You know I think Edmonton has a better shot. Calgary's ahead of Edmonton in the standings right now, but I think Edmonton has a better long term shot at overtaking them and making the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I do think Anaheim has put themselves in a pretty good position, too. Mason McTavish is just awesome. He's a phenomenal player. Um, let's see. What, where do you want to go next, Pano? Um, I mean, a lot has happened. Let me check. Uh, How about New Jersey? Wait, what? New Jersey, Jack Hughes maybe coming back. They've been really struggling without him. Just really, really struggling. Yeah, it'll be big to get him back. I mean, like you said, they've been struggling. Their power play has been their power play has been abysmal without him too. Like he's like the heart of that power play. I mean, also I think New Jersey really needs a goaltender. If I'm being honest, like if they want to be a legit contender, they need a goaltender. Like Vitek Vanacek and. Um, uh, Kira Schmid both have below an 895 save percentage right now. It might be both below an 890, which is just crazy. So um, the fact that New Jersey's even they're in a playoff spot right now, it's uh, I mean they need a goaltender. And I think that they should target. Uh, I don't know if he's available. I don't know if he would waive his no move clause. Ja- uh, Jacob Marshall. Interesting. In opinion, is the okay. Like he's a good goaltender. If you check his analytics, goal save above expected, like he's near the top of the league. Last time I checked, even though his save percentage is like a 905, he's got like top seven in goal save above expected. He's been a good goaltender. It's just Calgary fucking sucks. Like their top leading scorer in points has like nine points. They're, they barely beat Montreal two one yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think if I'm if I'm a team that wants a goaltender for maybe cheap, because I don't think Calgary's going to be wanting too much for Jacob Markstrom, I, I would target him, especially from New Jersey. Uh, if I was LA, I would do it too. But I don't know if Calgary would trade within the division. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but like that's the guy I would go for if I'm New Jersey. I think if they get Jacob Markstrom, they might be the top team to beat in the East. I mean, I don't know who's you know. New Jersey is actually not currently in a playoff spot, too. I just wanted to point that out. They are currently not. They are actually behind the Montreal Canadiens by a point. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. They've been pretty bad since Jack Hughes got out, but, I mean, I'm surprised they're out of a playoff spot. Um, I will say it's so tight right now. Like, does it feel like, even right now, like, it's, it's as tight as it's ever been? Like, watching these games last night, like, the goals mean a lot, right? Like, everybody's... You know, you get the big celebrations in the beginning of the season and in the end of the season, but, you know, because everybody's hyped that the season just started and they're pumped to score. But even even last night, like, everybody, you can feel the weight of some of these goals even and just, like, the importance of them, right? And just staying, like, the Pittsburgh game yesterday. Like, that was such a big win for them. And, like, Crosby scoring late and the empty netter, like, 
these goals just feel very important. Does it feel that way to you a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually early on in the season of the NHL that the goals aren't very important. Like, you know, because 82 game season is a long season. But right now, every team is like close. Like, even the teams that are right now, like, every goal is important to them because they're trying to claw their way back into a playoff spot. You know, in the Eastern Conference, you know, you've got teams that are battling for those wild card spots. Toronto's in a wild card spot right now. You know, yeah. Tampa Bay is six, six and four. Like they need these wins badly. So it's like everyone is trying to battle because they know, like you keep bringing up that Thanksgiving set. If you're out of the playoff spot by Thanksgiving, you're most likely statistically not going to make the playoffs. Right. And I don't think teams like have that in their mind all the time. I don't think they're thinking, oh, we need to be a playoff team by Thanksgiving to be in the playoffs. But like, I think they all acknowledge the spot. Right? They all know like. Like, I mean, even Nikita Zadorov, I think it was, made a joke about it um, when they asked him about the American Thanksgiving stat. He said, oh, Canadian Thanksgiving passed on ice. It's like, they have it in their minds that we both that stat. Um, and, I mean, every game does matter right now. And it's like we're watching really, really good hockey. It's fun to watch. This is probably the most fun regular season or start to the regular season that we've had in a long time. Agreed. So, do you want to do a little look around the games tonight, Wednesday, and tomorrow, Thursday? See what we got. So tonight we got the yeah. the Flyers, Hurricanes, Kraken, Oilers, Ducks, Avalanche, and Islanders, Canucks. What do you what do you see there that you like? We got a Bo Horvat return to Vancouver. Yeah, I, I did a I did a little of a goal score partly. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to. Uh, I don't say my best anymore because I don't want to jinx it. But one part of the part of it, I've got Bo Horvat burying one. I've got Bo Horvat burying one against Vancouver. So, um, I think that's happening in his return. So, I like that game, and I like Edmonton-Seattle, too. I think that's going to be an absolute shootout between those two teams. Both teams with zero goaltending, zero defense, all offense. I mean, every Oilers game is must-watch now to see what they what they do. Um what about what about Flyers Hurricanes though? One of the TNT games. Like, do you, the Flyers? They're seven seven and one. Do you think they have a? Do you think they have any chance against the Hurricanes tonight? I know the Hurricanes have struggled a little bit too with consistency. I mean, I think they have a chance. I just don't like. I, I'm not. I'm personally, I'm not watching that game. I think both those teams are kind of not fun hockey right now. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Like Carolina. Yeah, Carolina has been very inconsistent and struggled beyond what they were supposed to be. And then Philly is just like. They're, they're somehow finding ways to like win a couple of games, but it's just like not interesting hockey to me. I can't lie. And then Colorado Anaheim honestly might be an upset from Anaheim. I've got Colorado winning uh, because Anaheim's on a back to back on the road. But uh, boy, would that it be impressive! Be a fun game. Both those offenses are good. If the Ducks if the Ducks get the second half of that back to back against Colorado tonight, that's that's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. What are you looking at? To, what are you looking at for tomorrow? tomorrow? So yeah, you got an early start for the games. We got two o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Red Wings and Senators in at the Avicii Arena in Sweden. It's pretty cool. I know we got the global yeah, series going on. Yeah, that's gonna be a weird one to two p.m. on a weekday. Yeah. Um, but that's a big game for both those teams. It's an Atlantic Division game, right? Both those teams are battling for playoff spots in the same division. So that'll be an interesting one. I'm interested to see if Ottawa drops their games in Sweden. Like, does DJ Smith get fired by the time he's back? You know, that's like, I think they've maybe given him till 
after the Swedish trip to kind of be like, okay, you know, steer the wheel the right way or else you're gone. Yeah, I mean, they so play... That's, that's my... Yeah, I mean, they play Detroit tomorrow there and they play the the Wild on Saturday. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think the... The team has had always markedly poor starts under DJ Smith each of his seasons there. Um, they've never really come out of the gates hot, even though the Senators have always been that kind of Buffalo team, right, on the rise. Like, this is the year for big steps, and it just it hasn't come. And, I, you know, I, I think we'll see how they, it goes tomorrow. Um, but, like, if they get—you would have to imagine if Detroit runs them over tomorrow and— you know, they lose to Minnesota on Saturday. You'd have to think that that's going to be a really tough long plane ride back over across the Atlantic. What other games you like yeah, in for tomorrow night? Exactly. Outside of those games, too, we've got some more important games. Pittsburgh, New Jersey, those are two teams that are going to be battling for the Metro spot yeah. against each other. Um, you know, you've got uh, Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary, if they want any chance of making the playoffs, they've got to start winning some games here. So, I mean, they did win yesterday against Montreal. Um, but they got to string together a couple games in a row to like give them a little bit of hope. Um, and then, you know, LA and Florida, two teams that have been performing good. Um, and they both have chances to like kind of come back and win their division. I mean, Florida, maybe not if Boston just keeps fucking steamrolling everybody. Yeah. Um, but for now, I mean, Florida's still in the race. They've been really good. So there's been some good hockey on um, throughout the rest of the week. And then on Friday, even, you've got Toronto and Detroit, the Global Series, which will be a fun one there, um, too. So, Yeah, that's a good one. The only one I'm not looking forward to is Sunday's Global Series game because here for me and Raven on Chicago Central Time, that's a 7 a.m. start on Sunday. So I'll be watching it. But um, I will uh, be... Very, very tired from the race this weekend, so I will probably not be watching that game. Uh, they start around the same time, don't they? What time's the F1 race? The F1 race this weekend is at midnight on Saturday. Oh, that's right. Because it's in Vegas, so... Why do they do that? So why, what's the point of having a race at midnight? Uh, a, appeals to the European crowd a little bit more, but then B, it just... It's, it's hot in the desert, so usually... You want to do it when it's a little cooler. I don't know why they're doing it at midnight. I think they want to do it as like a night race for some reason, like how they've done Miami in previous years. But yeah, it's going to be 40 degrees. Track conditions are not going to be ideal. It's going to be a whack race. I'm very excited. But yeah. Panos, how do you feel about these games overseas? Like, how do you feel about this little global series situation? Not that it really affects us either way, positively or negatively, but just the NHL has always made concerted efforts, but hockey's already a pretty popular sport in Sweden, right? And so, you know, we know that the ticket prices for the games are simply outrageous. And we know that, you know, they are they are really trying to market it there. They bring the, the teams with the strong cohort of Swedish players, you know, the Red Wings, the Leafs. You got Nylander, you got Raymond on the wild. You got Eriksson Ek and um, goalie, Philip Gustafsson, um, all these guys. Um what do you think about these games doing it this year? What would you maybe like to see out of the NHL doing these games in the future or what that looks like for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, hockey's already popular there. I mean, I'm sure it's fun for the guys that are going back home, like for Willie Nealon to go play in Sweden. It's probably fun for them to do that. Um, but I'd rather see, like, honestly, them do kind of what they did in preseason when the Kings and Coyotes went to Australia. Like, give us some interesting countries you know i'd like to see regular season i know there's been regular season games played in some of these places before like 
give me a regular season game in like Japan or the UK or something like that. Those are, in my opinion, that'd be much more interesting to see. And you've got teams like NBA is doing it already. I know NBA has obviously got a larger demographic because these are play basketball and hockey in those countries. But like NBA has played games in Japan before. They've played games in the UAE. You know, like it'd, it'd be interesting. I know the UAE can't, you know, facilitate an NHL game. They don't have a rink for it. But like these, some of these countries can do it. Like I, I think it'd be sick to see a game played in Japan or something like that. Like some of these countries that are playing hockey and hockey is loved there. Like people do like playing hockey in Japan, but it's like it's not a big sport there. You know, still for them it's like you know soccer and like baseball and stuff like that. Uh, whereas Sweden and stuff, like they don't have NHL hockey, but hockey is probably the biggest sport in Sweden, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't, I'm not from Sweden, but I'm assuming. So, I mean, I'd like to see some of these like unorthodox places get some of these games that aren't just preseason throwaways. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We also had a couple listeners for our first episode from Sweden, so shout out to them. Shout out to Sweden. All right, I mean, I'm not hating on you guys, Sweden. I'm not hating on you guys. But I'm just saying, maybe you don't need it as bad as like some of the other countries. No, agreed. And I even think if you want to go to Europe, there's so many other places you could bounce around and really try it. Like you mentioned, England. You know, you could put a game in France. I think that'd be really cool if you did a game in Paris, um, Austria. You know, some of these countries that really do care about ho- hockey, right? Maybe selfishly for us, we'll get a game in Greece eventually. Yeah, I think we're sense. a bit of ways off from that one, though. <laughs> All right, Panos, you got anything else you want to wrap? Um, I think we went over everything pretty much. Eh? I was, this was a longer episode, yeah? Yeah, man. We finally, you know, we're getting there bit by bit. You know, hopefully the audio is a little bit better today. We'll get the get the video up. We, You know, we got, we're cooking. We're cooking. Even though we don't have a studio. Yeah, yeah. Even though, yeah, we're operating out of my living room right now, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, I mean the construction. The construction ended, so it did end halfway through, which was very, 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 very nice. The construction <laughs> never ends. It's seven thirty this morning. I was just woken up by my whole apartment building shaking to its core because of those construct. Like they get after it early in the morning. I really couldn't believe it. But all right. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, good episode, and you know, we're gonna try and re- record these more consistently too in longer episodes like this. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's never a dull moment in the NHL unless it's August. So I mean, for now we've got a ton of content, so it's been good. All right, and we'll see everybody on Friday. All right, later, everyone. Peace. Oh, yeah. See you guys. One, two.